It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in hour number two of the program here on Thursday. And uh, don't forget, there's time to enter in still. If you go to WBSM.com or the app, you can enter in to win a pair of tickets to see Willie Nelson and the Outlaw Music Festival happening September 16th at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield. Tickets don't go on sale until tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., but we have your chance to win them before you can buy them, thanks to our friends at Live Nation. So if you go to WBSM.com or the app, you'll see the option there to enter to win Willie Nelson tickets. Head over there, put your name and all your information in, and we will draw a winner at some point uh, during the program today, and then also we will draw another winner tomorrow. So you don't have to enter every single day. Once you're in, you're in, but uh, we will draw a name each day and we will give away those tickets and you could be going to help Willie Nelson celebrate his 90th birthday. He actually turns 90 on Saturday, but all year long, all through part of this uh, this Outlaw Music Festival and uh, as Willie is on the road again, they will be celebrating his 90th birthday. So if you are a Willie Nelson fan, maybe you're a Bob Weir fan, maybe you love the Grateful Dead, Bob Weir is part of this. He'll be playing with the Wolf Brothers featuring the Wolf Pack. String Cheese Incident will be there. Los Lobos, uh, Particle Kid, who is Willie Nelson's son. It's a, it's a full lineup. It's an all-day event, and we have your chance to win tickets for free. And we're going to have more tickets to give away to lots of shows uh, throughout the course of the rest of the spring and summer. You know, you heard, you heard Phil talking this morning about Ed Sheeran and the uh, the lawsuit that's going on regarding his song. And the, listen, no matter what you might think about whether or not Ed Sheeran cribbed any of that song, and this happens all the time in music, by the way, where because there are so... The chord structures are not infinite. And... You also have what happens where you will have melodies that are embedded into your brain that become the way that you start putting together your song and you don't realize necessarily that that influence is there. Uh, there's a, there's some famous stories about it. So if you are familiar at all with the Beatles, I mean, who's not familiar with the Beatles, but if you're familiar along, uh, at all with the stories behind their songs, Paul McCartney woke up from a dream with yesterday in his head. And he was, he knew that it was such a great song that he was convinced that he didn't think of it himself, that he had heard it somewhere else and that it had worked its way into his dream, that he had dreamed up this song based on something that he must have heard somewhere else. And then everybody reassured him like, no, Paul, nobody's ever heard this before. This, this is your original song. Uh, then you have things like, um, you know, well, Led Zeppelin, who it's, it's come out over the years, it's that they've just outright ripped off songs. But then you have things like the situation with the, the Rolling Stones on their Bridges to Babylon album in the mid-90s. They had that song, or actually late 90s, I think it was like 97. They had, uh, Has Anybody Seen My Baby? 
and the chorus of that sounded similar to Katie Lang's Constant Craving. And somebody pointed that out in the studio as they were recording it. So rather than risk any issues at all, they said, well, you know what? Let's just put Katie Lang down as a songwriter on the song and she will get royalties in perpetuity for this song. And so she didn't even have to do anything just because they were worried that they might have been subconsciously influenced by her song and the way that she's, she's phrased that chorus. They, um, they gave her songwriting credit to be, to be fair though. It wasn't really that big of a hit. Katie Lang's probably making far more money off her own song than she gets from the Rolling Stones. But, but then you had probably the most famous case, a couple of famous cases where, uh, George Harrison was sued because My Sweet Lord sounded too much like the Chiffon's He's So Fine. And if I remember right, I could be wrong. I think that George Harrison was cleared in that. I'd have to look it up. I could just look it up, but I, I, I don't want to stop talking. And then you had uh, John Fogarty of Creedence Clearwater Revival who was... Con- uh, accused of sued for plagiarizing himself because the company that owned the rights, the publishing rights to the Credence catalog thought that the old man down the road sounded uh, too much like, I think it was Run Through the Jungle, right? So, like, you're getting sued because you sound too much like yourself. I mean, that's that's... That's just how weird that music can be when it kind of works its way into your brain and and influences the song that you were creating. So anyway, long story short, (laughs) the point of me getting into all of that was no matter how you may feel about that lawsuit, Ed Sheeran is one of the hottest tickets of the summer. It's the show that everybody wants tickets to, and we are going to be giving them away in about a month. We've got a full week of Ed Sheeran tickets to give away to you. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. We've got Boston Calling in between. So many great shows that we're going to be sending you to see throughout the spring and the summer. And we're we're getting tickets in for more uh, each and every day. But if you want to enter to win those Willie Nelson tickets, just head over to WBSM.com or the app right now. If you missed the first hour, I was talking about last night at 8.01 p.m. Don't think it's a coincidence. Tucker Carlson posted what would have been probably a show opening monologue any other night, uh, a two minute and 16 second monologue. He posted the video to Twitter in which he talked about the, the way that mainstream media is going and the need to speak the truth. And, and it, there were some guarded shots, I think, at Fox News there. But the important thing is, is it looks like he is going to utilize that platform as a way to continue to, for lack of a better term, host a show. So he posted this video up. It's now up to over 15 million views. You know, it was at 14.4 million views when we started talking about it an hour ago. Now it's up to, it's gained about a million views in that time. So I'm going to just credit this show with increasing at a million views. Why not, right? Um, no, I'm just kidding. But that just shows you how, how quickly it keeps gaining steam. Uh, so now you've got a guy who has 6.5 million followers but has a video that has been seen 15.5 million times. I mean, that that's viral. And, you know, the number 
that gets tossed around is that he had an average of 3 million viewers on any any given night. So he's got five times the number of views that he would have had on Fox News on this video. So I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to be okay. But if you want to see it for yourself, twitter.com slash Tucker Carlson. You don't need to have an account. You can watch it anyway, even if you don't have a Twitter account. And you can see it for yourself and then keep an eye out because I get a feeling this is going to be something that might happen every night at 8 o'clock. Or every weeknight anyway at 8 o'clock. But let's take it locally here because tonight the city council meeting will be taking place. They are going to vote on whether or not to uh, accept the mayor's veto. You know, as, uh, as, as we talked about with the, with the city council president, Linda Morad, over the last few weeks, there's a process involved with this of how they have to take things, place them on the agenda, what she called uh, spreading them out. And this is the night when counselors will be able to have their say about what they think about those questions, about those proposed measures, if they so choose, and they'll vote whether or not to. So they're not, the vote isn't about whether or not they want rent stabilization. The vote isn't about whether or not they want to see the mayoral term go from four years back to two years. And the vote is not about whether or not they want to see the repeal of the Community Preservation Act. The council is not deciding any of those things at this point in time. What they wanted to do by placing these questions on the ballot was put out non-binding questions to the public to take their temperature on how they felt about those issues and then whether or not the council should move forward uh, trying to adopt some of those measures and how to do that. The mayor vetoed placing those three questions on the ballot and gave his reasons why. And now the council, if they have the ability to do so, can override those vetoes. I think they need eight votes to override those vetoes. And there was a time when this first came through, when the veto first came through, where I would have said, well, I think this one will probably get overridden. Certainly the mayoral term will get overridden. And, uh, you know, the only one that I was really, that I really had questions about was the CPA one. Because so many of the counselors have advocated for projects that would use CPA funds and have had success with that. So I think that there's, you know, a good chance that those two, those two vetoes would be sustained. No, I'm sorry. I thought the CPA veto would be sustained. I thought that the four-year mayoral term would get pushed through. And the rent stabilization one, I thought, might get pushed through just because it's going to bring people out to vote. And it will increase the voter turnout. But from what we're hearing, there's a, there's a chance that all three vetoes are sustained tonight. So I want to get your thoughts on that. What, is, what does that mean to you? Does that make you feel better about the council? 
does that make you, you know, because you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, they, they've they've listened to the people, they've listened to the calls that come in on WBSM, they've talked to their constituents, and they've decided, okay, the people don't want, they don't even want these questions on the ballot. They don't even see the need to even voice their opinion on them. So do you look at that and say, here you have a council that is willing to change change course and listen to the constituents and say, okay, well, you know, uh, from, from what we've heard, we don't need to have this on the ballot. Or do you look at this and say, what is going on that these passed, I think two of them passed unanimously, right? And the other one was like eight to two or eight to three. Like what's going on that these questions had support to be on the ballot and now the mayor comes out and says he vetoes them and now all of a sudden counselors are supporting the veto, sustaining the veto. What's going on? Is this is this the council not being all on the same page? Which, and, and by the way, I don't think the council needs to be on the same page. I think that's where the discussion can happen about things. So I think people are looking at it from two different ways and we'll, we'll know tonight when the discussion happens around these questions, if there is discussion. And then yesterday, Ward 5 Counselor Scott Lima put out a press release say, stating that he was going to vote to sustain the mayor's veto on the four-year mayoral term. That he was in support of the idea of keeping it four years, essentially. That he is going to vote to sustain the, and it's it's you got to be careful with the language because it's not that he is coming forward and saying. Yes, it should be a four-year term. What he is saying is, I think we should sustain the mayor's veto to not take that question and put it on the ballot to potentially revert the four-year term back to a two-year term, if you're following me. And the reason that he gave for that is because he has been working with Mayor Mitchell to bring before the full council a plan to put a recall provision in the city charter. So that it's going to be a change to the city charter, the same way that the four-year mayoral term was. But the idea would be that they would put in a recall position for all elected officials in the city. So not just for the mayor, not even just for city councilors, but also the assessors, the school committee. If you were elected in the city of New Bedford, they could recall you. Now, the mayor has talked with us about it yesterday on the show and then later put out a statement in which he reiterated what he said on the show, in which this is something that would be, you know, hopefully utilized in extreme circumstances. If a person becomes physically or mentally incapacitated, is unable to do the job, or if moral or legal transgressions would keep them from being able to effectively do the job. And, you know, everybody looks at Fall River and says, well, of course they had to recall Jaisal Correa, but if Jaisal Correa was the mayor of New Bedford and that happened, you'd be stuck with him until he either decided to resign or until the next election. You couldn't you couldn't have the recall of the mayor in that position. And uh, but Mayor Mitchell didn't even worry about you know he said yeah Fall River aside look at Rob Ford in Toronto the guy basically came out and admitted to smoking crack 
and there was nothing the voters could do about it because they didn't have a recall provision. And he refused to step down. So they were stuck with him until the next election. And so Mayor Mitchell believes that there should be that recall provision for those reasons. And I think a lot of folks want to have a recall recall provision if you're going to have a four-year mayoral term. I don't know why it wasn't part of the original. I mean, I I vaguely recall the discussions when the four-year mayoral term was first brought about and the, the signatures were collected and New Bedford Forward was, was the group that was out advocating for this. And I don't seem to recall the recall provision coming up in those discussions, but it would have been a good time to do it then. I think now you've certainly got the appetite for it that if, if they're not going to revert the term back to two years, people will certainly want to have this as a possibility. It would also, it's not like it's, you're not just going to use it because you don't like the, what the mayor's doing. You don't use it to, to, you know, relitigate an election. No, it is designed for if it is needed to remove the person from office for a, a serious and potentially dangerous to the city reason. So how do you feel about that? Is that enough for you? Would you still want to have the term go back to two years? Would you still want to have term limits? I don't I don't think having a recall provision needs to be exclusive from term limits if that's something that you think should happen too. 508-996-0500 if you want to chime in on that. You can also send us an app chat on the WBSM app. You can also send us a voicemail using open line on the WBSM app. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. More in just a bit. Welcome back in 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in or send us an app chat message on the WBSM app or an open line voicemail on the WBSM app. So I took a look at the agenda for tonight's meeting and uh, the veto discussion will be right off the top. That is the first item on the agenda this evening. Uh, There's a lot of other stuff on the agenda as well. Uh, but the, that those that which I know is of interest to all of you that will be right there at the beginning of the meeting, and then some of the other things that are coming into play tonight. Um, you know, there's um, a host community agreement being voted on for a new cannabis company. Uh, there's a bunch of other things, and of course, we'll go over all of this tomorrow. When we have New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad joining us along with Ward 3 Councilor Sean Oliver for our regular segment with the Council President and another Councilor. So that'll be at 10.30 tomorrow and we can get more in-depth about that with her. But certainly the, the part that I think a lot of you will be wanting to chime in on will be happening right at the top of the meeting. So hopefully... Um, you know, Marcus will be following along with Adam at the meeting tonight on Twitter, and he'll be able to to bring you that information 
as it comes across. So if you're not on Twitter, which, again, you don't need to be to follow it, you can go to twitter.com slash Adam Bassett Mass and, and follow along with that the same way you can with Tucker Carlson. But uh, Marcus will be following along with it. We'll bring you that information as it happens. So it should be pretty interesting. Tonight, bowling season is over. So I was like, okay, I'm actually going to be able to maybe go to the meeting and be there in person as it's going down. And, you know, I'll let Adam cover it. He can write the story. But I'll just be there to to kind of observe and see what's happening and hear the discussion and, and all of that. And uh, something came up. I got my parents invited me to go out with them tonight. So I'm going to do that uh, because I don't get to hang out with just the two of them. You know, usually it's all the whole family together. So I'm going to go hang out with them tonight. But I'll be opening up Twitter. I'm actually going to a, another concert with my dad and having dinner with him and my mom. So I'll have my Twitter open and I'll be checking it. So we're going we're going to see Bush at uh, at Foxwoods. And uh, as as they're playing songs, maybe songs that I don't don't know as well, I'll uh, I'll open up Twitter and scroll and see what's going on because I'm I'm very invested in it and I know a lot of you are as well. And it's been a fascinating process to watch play out because you know maybe this maybe this reiterates why this stuff should come through the process of you know the citizens gathering the signatures to make a binding question rather than the council just deciding to put non-binding questions on the ballot. I mean, it's obviously within their purview to do so, but then that also runs the risk of them being vetoed. And maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe maybe they override the veto on all three questions and all three questions end up on the ballot. But from what we're hearing, there's a chance that it, at least two of them will not make it through and probably all three. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out this evening. But we will have all of that for you as quick as we can get it to you. And we'll also have uh, Adam's article up uh, relatively soon, too, because uh, I talked to Phil Devitt, and he's going to help us out, and he's going to get that published, even though I'm going to be out. So we'll make sure we get that all up there for you. I just um, just got a text from Chris McCarthy informing me that uh, Jerry Springer has passed away at the age of 79. So I know many of you were probably viewers of his program. I won't say fans of his program because very few people admitted to actually being a Jerry Springer fan, but we all still watched it because we love the train wreck of it all. And Jerry Springer was a very interesting man. He was the former mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio. He was somebody who definitely understood the media landscape of the 90s. And he built a program based on that and based on how far. And, you know, I don't, I often wondered what the meetings were like behind the scenes on that show. That if it was, if it was intentional, like, let's see how far we can make this go. How much of it was kind of a little bit pushed in that certain direction? How much of it were these people encouraged to flip out? And, you know, because it was all about getting that Jerry chant going with the crowd. But it was entertaining for sure. I don't think you could you could do it today because some of it was just a little too risque. And in, in the post, 
Nipplegate society. Things, you know, because that's that's the truth. Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl is what changed a lot of what what we consider decent now for the airwaves. I don't know that it it would have lasted. They they tried to bring it back a few times in different formats, including uncensored formats, but it just it it didn't have the same. It really captured a moment in the nineties. But he was a smart guy. He was a funny guy, and uh, and and it's a it's a loss that he's no longer with us. But the memories and the, and the video will live on. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hello. Yes. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Oh, I'm here. Uh, hey, uh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear about Jerry Springer. He's actually uh, on uh, reruns in the morning when you're on. So. Uh, Oh, they're, they're still running it on TV? Are they, yeah. Is yeah, it censored I, at all? Have they toned it down at all? Or Well, I, I don't know if they toned it down because uh, I, I don't recall too many of the uh, uh, the original programs I was working back then. I didn't get a chance to see it, so I can't have anything to compare. But, uh, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's usually on uh, when you're on at 11, 11 to 12. Um, sorry to hear about it. Uh, Smart guy, you're absolutely right. But what I really wanted to call in about was uh, the mayor's uh, recall or provision. Mm-hmm. I guess that's all right. Uh, it could get kind of silly, though, like it's got over in, uh, in Fall River. I think the real thing that should be put in, uh, and we won't hold it against uh, Mayor Mitchell, once uh, the mayor leaves office, uh, just like the president, two four-year terms and then you're gone. If, if a president has to get out after four year, after eight years, I don't see why a mayor shouldn't have to get out after four years. I mean, eight years. How how long can you stay there saying you got things you want to do? You know that sort of stuff. You know. I I do think that having, um, you know, term limits does put the pressure on to to get things done a little bit faster. And you know, I think about this. I, I look at it like this. On the surface, I feel like yes. Term limits would be a, a fine thing. You know, I don't. I I'm kind of agnostic on the idea of it, uh, but and that's in general, really. But I think also I look at it and I think about what the mayor said the other day. All of these long-term projects that have taken a long time to get done. Well, hold on. Let, let me ask you. Let, uh, go ahead. I'm not laughing at you. I'm uh, the long-term projects could be long-term forever. Well, but but know? think about it. How would you would you run the risk of things getting stopped and started? So oh. you get somebody who comes in and says, "Yeah, we don't need to spend money on you know just for an example, you know, a river walk." So that gets put on hold, and then somebody else comes in and says, "You know what? We're actually going to get that river walk done." and then comes in and does it. Like, So are you just now playing political games with these things that you're trying to get done around the city? Well, again, to me, the way I look at it, if you can tell the president of the United States that after eight years he has to go, and if Washington picked up and left after eight years, I don't see why that shouldn't be the same thing but, for a mayor of a city. I, I remember Mayor Menino. I think Mayor Menino was in for a long time. Was There was no uh, 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 mayoral, uh, what do you call it, uh, Term limits? Term limits, yeah. Uh, but I think Menino, to me, uh, he gave the impression of a nice grandpa, grandpa type. But from what I understand, uh, behind closed doors, he wasn't that way. Uh, and I think Menino served more than, you know, the, 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 more term, than the term limits would allow, I guess. But again, uh, I, 
I just look at it this way. If you can tell the president of the United States that after eight years, he or she has to go, but, well, then I think the same thing is true of a mayor of a city or whatever. I don't, I don't, know, if that's a, I don't know if that's necessarily a, an equal comparison, though. I because think it is. It's, you're talking about the whole country. Are you kidding me? No, because... What, 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 because how about Donald Trump? Because you, Congress... You elected the, forever and ever and ever. Congress are the ones that really make things go. No. And, con no, no, and Congress doesn't no. have terms. Congress made things go basically back in the days uh, in, the in the 19th century uh, and stuff. Uh, since the 20th century has come about, the, the president is the show. You know, uh, that's the way I look at it, you know. And uh, when you had Franklin Roosevelt and he was sick and he didn't want to change, uh, uh, you know, uh, generals in the middle of a war, stuff like that. He got elected. He was sick. And then he passed away right after that. Congress came in and said, OK, no more two term precedent, as Washington said, but two term press limit. I mean, two term uh, um, uh, by law. OK, uh, I don't think you want to have on a national scene a dictator. And I don't, I'm not saying Mayor Mitchell, he's a wonderful guy, okay, but I think you're looking at the possibility of having bossism in that type of uh, particular uh, position. Like you had Boss Tweed in uh, New York and stuff like that. So Boss Hogg in Hazard County, yeah. Well, no, well, yeah, well, yeah that's, that's a sort of like <laughs> a, a, a comical view of it. I think, no, that, no, that's, I think that, down that, south there, they might have been... Uh, Quite a few uh, people that had control of a town there, and uh, I, I, I maybe I'm showing my northern prejudice here, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't based on some real figures. I, absolutely, absolutely, I just couldn't. Re I couldn't resist the urge to just. Well, yeah, yeah I, I understand that. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw in the in the heat of the night, which is fictitious too, but there was mm -hmm. a, uh, a a fellow that was a mayor that was putting pressure on uh, Rod Steiger, the sheriff, to find how, who committed a crime and come up with somebody quick, and we don't need that type of problem on again. But that's all stereotyped in the South and everything, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, to me I, I would rather see, uh, and again, you could exempt Mayor Mitchell from it because he's already in there, he can stay as long as he likes, okay, but after that, uh, procedurally, you got two terms and then you gotta go. Alright, well, All right, my thank friend. you for the call. Spooky, always good to talk to you. Likewise, you have stay a good day. spooky, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. Take care, bye-bye. And uh, I just I threw I had to throw in that boss hog reference because I know Chris McCarthy's listening and I know he I know he probably got a kick out of that. So even though he's more of a BJ and the Bear guy, uh, I'm sure he watched uh, plenty of Dukes of Hazard. And by the way, I was reading something the other day about people lamenting the quality of some of the shows of the '80s and how much better the shows were back then than the shows now um i don't know what what you watch but a lot of those shows were not good shows believe me i loved dukes of hazard loved watching shows like airwolf and uh, you know and some of these other they even night rider one of my favorite shows they don't hold up <laughs> they don't they're like made for 12 year old kids um but you know, that's still, it's still fun. Nostalgia is always fun. Anyway, uh, I got <laughs> Chris, Chris McCarthy texted me. Love the white suits. Yes. The boss hog was always in white. Why? Because it was always funnier when he spilled mustard on himself, on himself where the Dukes kicked up some mud from the back of the general leap. Anyway, I got to take a break. 508-996-0500. We'll be back in a few. Kid only I see the she loves me. Maybe. 
in. Hey, I, Phil had CNN on here in the studio, and they have um, the young man from New Orleans, uh, Dennis Barnes, I believe his name is, who was accepted to 170 colleges, which is a record, 170 colleges, and has been offered over $9 million in scholarships. Now, obviously, he's not going to utilize all that, but he had 170 offers. 170 acceptance letters and $9 million in scholarship money. That's ve- that's very impressive. But I also question, why did you apply to 170 schools? I'm going to assume that if 170 took him, he got into every school that he applied to. I, unless he applied to like 230 of them, turned them down. I don't know. But that's that's a lot. In every one of those college applications, if I remember correctly, if it's still the same from when I applied, uh, my son decided not to apply yet. He's taking some time to work first. But it costs money to apply to those schools. And I think at the time, most of my college applications were like a $10 processing fee. But some of them were expensive. I think Harvard was like 50 bucks to apply, which, you know, was expensive at the time. Uh, BC, I applied to. Emerson, like these were probably all, you know, 30 to $50 application fees. And I got waivers because I was not well off. My family was not well off. We were on, I was on the, you know, reduced and free lunch program at the time. So because I was on that program... I was eligible for waivers for those applications. But is somebody paying for that? Or do they just not charge to process those? Because is he then taking 169 waivers for schools that he doesn't intend to go to? Or did he pay the money for each of I don't, I don't know. I have questions. But anyway, congratulations. Still quite an accomplishment. Uh, also, we got a press release from the city council. Uh, just as yesterday, we got a press release regarding Councillor Scott Lima, Ward 5 Councillor Scott Lima's uh, position on sustaining the mayor's veto on the four-year mayoral term being reverted back to two years. Uh, this is Councillor Lima's statement in favor of the mayor's veto regarding the ballot question of an ordinance of stabilizing rents. So I'm just going to read this to you. It's only uh, it's four four short graphs. After deliberating and carefully considering arguments in favor of and in opposition to the proposed non-binding ballot question, should the city of New Bedford adopt an ordinance stabilizing rents in order to prevent displacement in the local housing rental market? That will be before the New Bedford City Council in the form of Mayor John Mitchell's veto. I've decided to vote to sustain Mayor Mitchell's veto. I thank City Councilor Shane Burgo for his work regarding the precarious state of housing affordability in New Bedford and in particular the issue of rising rents and how they leave the city's residents cost burdened, forcing them to pay an ever-increasing percent of their income for housing. 
Undoubtedly, in both the near term and short term, there will be continued conversation and collaboration both around Mayor Mitchell's recently released housing plan and Councillor Burgo's advocacy on behalf of New Bedford's residents, especially those who are and may become housing cost burdened. Our shared concerns are on our minds every day. I look forward to working with both Mayor Mitchell, Councillor Burgo, and my colleagues on the City Council towards smart housing solutions on behalf of the city's residents. So there, he's he's going to vote to sustain the mayor's veto on the rent stabilization question. And I will say this too. Uh, I mean, obviously, the city council is of the mindset to... They're, you know, they're of the mindset to start putting out more of these releases. They, they're trying to get more... They're trying to get their social media presence in order. So we'll get a lot more of this as well. But any counselor that wants to let their position be known in advance of tonight's vote, you can call in 508-996-0500. Call in and tell us how you are voting on the mayor's vetoes and why you are voting that way. If you want to talk directly to the people, we have the entire next hour open for your phone calls to be able to do that. If you want to call in on the VIP line, just text me or send me a Facebook message to let me know that, that that's you calling in. And I would love to give you the airtime to explain whichever way you're voting. If you are going to vote to override the veto, if you're going to vote to sustain it, no matter what might be or which question you want to discuss or whatever it might be, uh, utilize our airwaves to talk to the people. The people who aren't going to be able to see it live because we don't have that capability yet, but we're getting closer. So let them know in advance uh, how you might take up that issue. If you want to send something written to me, if you want to send me a text or send me an email, tim at wbsm.com or an app chat message. I'll, although I don't think app chat is the best way to do it because I, I don't always have the ability to quickly verify that it's really you. But, um, you know, you've, you've got my number. You've got my email. You, um, I'm following most of you on Facebook, so you can send me a message there and let me know, and I will let the audience know. Uh, I will also let the audience know, too, that right now, I mean, look at a day like today, right? You're thinking to yourself, this is the day to get some work done around the house. Maybe maybe today's the day you're going to put in those screens and you realize, oh, wait a minute, this this window has a crack in it, or this window, the double pane, one of them is broken, and I didn't realize that. And so you want to call somebody who can get the job done for you, but also get the job done for you quickly and correctly. Call Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. I was there last week. I walked through there, really just the warehouse they have right there at 1111 Cushion Avenue of stuff that they have in store. They have even more stuff uh, at another location in the city, but this is where they get all the materials. They put it all together, and they are able to bring it right to your home and get it installed quickly. And so they were showing me how they actually can do those repairs of double pane windows right there, right there in that facility. Instead of having to send it out like the other guys do to have it done, they do it right there. They put it all together. They showed me how they do it. They showed me the quality of the work involved in it. And they can get most of those jobs done for you pretty quickly within, within a day or two. Whereas other guys might have you waiting and waiting and waiting because you're waiting for them to get the windows back from the people who have to put it together, which is probably Precision. So just eliminate all that and go directly to them. PrecisionWindowAndKitchen.com. That's where you can find them online. They've been doing it for you know almost 35 years now because they are the best at it. 
And no job is too small, no job is too big. They can do it all. Check them out at precisionwindowandkitchen.com or stop by at 1111 Cushion Avenue, and they can show you some of the great materials they work with, and they can talk about the whole process with you. All right, got to take my final break of the hour. Be back in a few. Welcome back in. We have about a minute here before we go into the newsroom. When we come back on the other side, we will talk more with you at 508-996-0500. You can also send those app chat messages and open line voicemails through the WBSM app. That's also where you can go, both the app and on the website, to enter to win Willie Nelson tickets. We'll give them away in the next hour. Somebody's going to be getting a pair of tickets to see Willie Nelson and the Outlaw Music Festival Saturday, September 16th at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield. You can win them before you can buy them. They don't go on sale till 10 a.m. tomorrow, but we have them to give away today and tomorrow for you. Uh, thanks to our friends at Live Nation. So if you want to enter to win, it's not too late. Get on over to WBSM.com. Click the Enter to Win Willie tickets tab at the top or on the right-hand side of the screen or on the app. There's a button right in the middle there, and it all brings you to the same place. Just type in your information.